skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Chris Prenty. Gentlemen, how you doing today? Chris, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into today's episode, we actually have two very special announcements. Our first announcement is we've joined Discord, and if you want to come hang out and chat with us, uh, we've already got a nice community going. Come chat about world building. We kind of just spoil things about new episodes, interviews, and all that good stuff. Our second announcement is that we actually have a Patreon now. Thanks to some of our listeners, they suggested that we add this thing that lets them give us money. And it's just, we never thought about that before. I mean, that's not really what this is about. But as as per their request, we've actually added one and we have three new Patreons as of right now. So this week, we want to give an extra special shout out to our newest patrons, Gluax Speed, Jay, and C.R. Rowenson. Thank you so much for your support. It's not free to run a podcast, as we've learned, and your continued support helps make everything better. I will leave a description for the Discord and the Patreon link in the description of this episode. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can go ahead and find them there as well. Enough of the shilling though. We have to get on to today's episode. And today's episode is, I mean, it's October, finally. We can get into the season of spooks. And we actually had an interesting prompt from one of our listeners. And as a result, I had to say, I'm like, that's such a cool prompt. You're coming on to do that prompt with us. So we have special guest Courtney with us today. You might remember her from previous episodes and our logos. Uh, she is our graphic artist. And today, Courtney, why don't you let us know what the prompt is going to be? Hey, thanks for having me on again. Um, so the prompt is just a haunted place. I figured it was fitting for October, the spooky month, as you said. Um, so to, I guess, kick us off, uh, want me to go first with a, an idea? Of course, you're a special guest, so you get to introduce the first tenant. Courtney, what is true about our new spooky place? All right, so um, I wanted the setting to include magic, like full-on tangible magic. So instead of just vague hexes and curses, we've got fireballs and chain lightning, that sort of thing. Um, and kind of branching off of that, I would love to have art as a form of spiritual magic. Um, so not all art is necessarily magical, but artists with certain training or innate skills can use their art um, and possibly specific materials to channel spirits or perform other magic like that. So we're talking about spirit painting here, essentially. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And I figured like maybe the pigments that they use could could impart certain properties into the paintings too. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I love where that's going. Um, I love that. So, so our first tenant of this universe, full on magic. And is it, is it entirely uh, paint based? Is it, I'm sorry, not paint is it entirely art based or is there also just regular ass magic that doesn't require painting, sculpture, et cetera. So I also had it in mind that there was just going to be regular magic that doesn't necessarily have to rely on art. 
So gotcha. you can just have like a wizard casting spells. That's fucking lame, but I like where we're going. <laughs> Wait, okay. I, mean... <laughs> I had uh, I had just one question about it. Mm-hmm. Does the material used in the painting also matter what you're painting? Is it kind of like I took a blood of this creature and painted a symbol and that symbol in fact made a some sort of magical occurrence or is it like just what you're painting is what causes the magic oh that could be cool so you mean like including like runes and symbols within the painting like subtly in there or something yeah symbology within the painting itself Uh yeah i like that a lot I'm also seeing as like the ritual itself is like the, or or rather the material component is what you paint with essentially, you know? So it's like, Oh, I need some kind of like a, Oh, I don't know the ash, the ash of a loved one, right. From a crematorium. So you mix that into your paints and then that somehow influences the ritual that you're casting. Yeah, definitely. And even, I mean, going back to like real life, there used to be a pigment called mummy white that was literally just ground up mummies. Oh, um, that's creepy. Oh, it I thought is. it was mummy brown. Oh, maybe it was a brown. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm like sure there are a few shades. It, it was actually an entire like palette of mummy. They just had so many of them. Oh, you're right. It Do is you mummy have any brown, idea but... how much the British fucked over the Egyptians with how much they stole and plundered? It's, it's pretty bad. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's pretty I know. So far, I know mummy brown, things look bluer further away, and dogs mean loyalty. That is my entire <laughs> art knowledge base. That seems pretty I'm legit, proud. though. You've wow. basically gone to art school now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What, what I really okay. like about what that what what this concept does, though, for the setting is it ties um, the emotional resonance of the creator, so like the artist, to the setting through the magic. So that gives us an opportunity of using like what the artist is trying to accomplish, like emotionally or like um you know thematically they're literally binding that to the setting through their through their art i have one that is speaks to the setting itself um and its physical properties um so i was interested in typically when you have like uh, a haunted place people think of something either abandoned or dilapidated or ruined in some way um and when i was like trolling through the internet looking for you know haunted house tropes i encountered one called the beautiful void which um on tv tropes is basically named after miss the island um you know the, the the old video game where you kind of explore this island it's completely abandoned but it's like in perfect shape so i was thinking like maybe the location itself of the haunted site of the haunted house it isn't dilapidated but it's actually in perfect condition Um, And so I don't know what the place is or what it's like, but and, you know, what it contains, but it's pristine. And that's part of its eeriness. Um, You know, the region surrounding it could possibly be uh, ruined and scary in the same way, like thinking of like Silent Hill, how it's got like ash falling everywhere and the whole place is ruined. But there's that still that mansion. Um, I'm also thinking of um, the show The OA Um, in season two. There's like this house on Knob Hill which is like this interesting puzzle trap kind of haunted house, but it's still a mansion in pretty good shape. So basically like I'm thinking whatever this place is, it's actually in good shape. And I'm thinking what's cool about that is it reminds me, you know, Courtney was talking about artists and the art they create. Maybe the beauty of the place has been retained somehow. That is really fun. Uh, I love the idea of just like a pristine eeriness to it as well. Like, 
maybe there's something, I mean, uh, again, if we're doing like the painterly stuff too, uh, this isn't one of my tenets, but I can't help but think that it has to be related to the paint magic in some way. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and maybe it's pristine because it's a painted house or a painted area of some kind, you know, because we don't mm-hmm. have a necessary structure yet. Like, right. Like yeah. it's not necessarily a haunted house. It's a haunted place. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it oh, could I mean, be a museum for all we know. It could be a, an arena, you know, but. Oh, a museum would be fun. Or even like an be. art gallery of some kind. That yeah. Might yeah be I was really thinking or like covered with murals or something. Yeah. Could be, yeah. Could be yeah. More contemporary could be ancient either way. Okay. So we have a pristine museum, a pristine haunted museum that is full of cursed paintings. Is that what we're getting at so far? I love it. Okay, let me allow me to now introduce one of one of my tenets then, because oh man, I want this haunted place to move around. Ooh. So it's never just in one static location. It almost seems like it's called to certain areas. I like that. So then it's kind of like you never can predict where it might appear. I, I basically I just have like a Castlevania vibe, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like normally and like it's it's semi predictable right like you can almost kind of guess where it's going to be but i just love the idea that it's it's going to be in like the back alley of some place one year or or one month and then there's like some unknowable purpose as to why it moves and when it moves what you calls know, like, it is there some, exactly. something thematically that calls it to a particular location exactly yes yeah. and that's and that's kind of the mystery that i wanted to keep up right where oh. That that's what we're doing right now. Makes yeah. you think of like you know like traveling artist caravans or like um, you know uh, like tribes of people who have an art that they introduce to different locations. Like that makes you think of that. That somehow it's being pulled in by that mystique. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to explain uh, kind of where spirits come from or the ghost and everything. I wanted it to be that everyone who dies does in fact become a ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people get taken into the afterlife and kind of go peacefully, but ghosts are like a known thing. And people who get left behind or become uh, like poltergeist or some sort of malicious spirit, the other thing that they do is they kind of form into an am- amalgamation of other spirits. So if two people die and they had a, a negative thing happen it then gains more power. And then this spirit kind of gets on a sentience of its own and wants more people to die near it and wants more people to die painfully so that it can gain more power and kind of uh, grow stronger and stronger. And that's what I wanted to be the reason of this thing travels and also tries to keep itself hidden is because it wants to amass more power and it wants to uh, kind of trick people into going into it and being stuck into its haunted area. It's collecting people, just like it collects art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice. so it's a sentient place, essentially. Yeah, uh, I, I got it from uh, I think uh, House on Haunted Hill did this, and also mm-hmm. uh, what was it, uh, Silent Hill? Yeah, yeah I, I was I was thinking something like that as well. Um, let me ask you: when you say that everyone who dies becomes a ghost. Do you mean everyone in the setting becomes a ghost or do you mean everyone who dies within the walls of this place? One of my other tenants that I wanted to bring in, if 
to expand upon it was there is a common uh, profession of good necromancers who kind of uh, guide people into the spirit realm and everyone who dies become a, uh, a ghost. It's just there's such a performative right of making people pass on, like giving last rites, proper burial and everything that means that people don't rise as spirits, but everyone who like, if you die out in the woods, you're going to become a spirit and you might be a problem for some hunter years down the line or even months. Gotcha. So, so it's that, everyone in the setting who dies becomes a ghost. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. So that actually ties in really well with my second one, which was that corpses are always burned. Um, so I'm wondering then if like the burning of a corpse is what releases the spirit. So if it's not burned, it basically just like stays in the body and like rots in there. And maybe over time that rot can kind of spread to other things near it. Putrefication of the body causes yeah. putrefication of the spirit. Exactly. Questions exactly. for both of you. Um, like, so since every, so it seems like every body who dies in the setting is a ghost. Is there a way to be unbound from the physical realm to pass on? Or is it just like you're naturally become a ghost and you haunt the, the, the land? But how do you, how do you move on to the afterlife? I was going to uh, expand onto that with my second tenant, but okay. I'm, I'm, I don't want to interrupt Courtney if you're not done. Well, no, I mean, you, you kind of touched on that already with the good necromancers. Right. And I mean, yeah. those are essentially just spiritualists or even like priests in a lot of ways, right? Where it's not even a necromancer so much as you are purifying and allowing them to move on, right? I see. So they're responsible for helping the ghosts move on from the world. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever read like the Old Kingdom novels or uh, by Garth Nix. No. Uh, the way that a it, they had a series of good necromancers that would like walk people into the spirit realm and they uh. themselves kind of uh, teeter on death when doing it. Okay. Oh, I, I have read. I, I read the first of that, S Sabine or something like that, right? Sabriel. Sabriel, yes. Oh. I have. I, I read the first one. And yeah, they, those are the necromancers that have bells, right? Yes. I don't know how I would tie it to painting, but the fact that I want it to be uh, similar in the fact that they come close to death, maybe uh, drawing with their own blood or they have to put so much of their own will into it that they fast till they are uh, hallucinating kind of thing. Something that mm -hmm. just draws out their own spirit into something that they're working with. I mean, they could be like arcanists or literary types that are studying these people, these artists who have died, and that's how they're able to shepherd them on. Oh. Mm -hmm. It could also, yeah. related to painting, be involved, have something to do with like herbs and materials that are used in painting are also used in the necromancy process. Like, I mean, thinking about like all the different chemicals that go into art pigments, there's a lot of like horribly toxic shit. So what mm. if that was also related Especially to necromancy? Especially in the old days, yeah. Right, yeah. So like, what if for some like ritual that they had to do, they have to like burn certain materials and that like really messes up their body. So that's how they be get closer to death. Is this a natural, so the existence of these like necromancer priest types, like are they a natural part of funeral rites in the sense that you have to have this happen in order to really pass on and if you don't you're kind of like desecrated trapped in your body like if you don't get burned and then they don't do their rights you're gonna haunt the place so is that how it's set up i like to believe that you can pass on naturally but mm -hmm. 
in a way the necromancer is like the seal of approval like not everyone needs it but they're like hey i don't know how bill was in life i don't know how much baggage mm-hmm. he had so we're just gonna get a me- necromancer because he died and so it helps to our, have yeah, it, it ensures it ensures a safe passage is my I see. okay otherwise you have a chance of being bound maybe because of emotional things that happened in your life or problems to the place you died and especially if your body's not burned as courtney was saying and i view like uh the amount of spirits or the amount of emotion is correspondence to the uh, power that the entity would have. So Uh like someone who died every now and then it, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. It can be beneficial, but why take the chance? Mm -hmm. So you might have someone who dies and then maybe you have a bit of good fortune because there is a guardian angel slash spirit. That's like pushing things in your favor. But you could also have it just like they were secretly resentful of you in life. And that's why you keep on tripping over your own shoes. Mm -hmm. Mm. It could also be like tied to magical power, like however powerful the person was in real life in their living state would relate to like how powerful their spirit energy would be. Oh, that's good. Um, It raises the question of where the magic comes from. Is the magic like pulled from the spiritual realm? Yeah, maybe the magic is all ghosts. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually Courtney. what I was thinking as well. It's all <laughs> it's all powered by ghosts and shit. Yeah. Like that. So it's like you're yeah. kind of tapping into the afterlife, and that's what raises your risk of being a ghost or being a haunting ghost. Is that you're like borrowing from the world beyond, and mm. so the more you do that, the more likely you're going to be bound to the material realm. Yeah, I could also see like maybe in the past there were civilizations that purposefully didn't send spirits on in Mm. order to try to harness that magical energy and maybe that's something that happened with this this place this museum it's (gasps) it's malignant is the place like a magic an old magic school or something like that i think we're gonna have to figure more of that out later yeah have we established enough about the world to focus more on the place i would actually like to keep the the world a little bit more vague and focus more on the place just because I think that'd be more fun. Yeah. Like, I feel like we have a vague enough, like it's in a fantastical setting, like fantasy with magic, with wizards and shit. And uh, I think that that's good enough where we can kind of focus a little bit more on the place itself. My second one is more vague. Um, so we can play with it and it's that because of the horror um in the site of the of the haunted house is ancient and cyclic in some way and then its nature is somehow related to an unresolved issue um either the unresolved issue has something to do with the protagonist or or history related to the protagonist in some way and that could be thematically or causally um so it's cyclic ancient and related to an unresolved issue ancient probably straightforward you know something that happened a long time ago um cyclic in that it keeps happening because i guess there is something that's not solved so um there was some problem that arose that no one has fixed and so it keeps happening over and over again which is what might be interesting because the site seems to move so maybe it recurs every time it moves and when I say it's related to the protagonist, I just mean that whatever storyline we come up with it later, um, the protagonist has to have some link to it. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be interesting from a story perspective, even if, and it could be, um, you know, something in the protagonist's history or from where they came from um, in the sense of what what caused this horror at that site. Okay, hear me out on this one, all right? Yep. So what is happening 
is that the gallery, the art gallery in the museum itself is telling a story, right? And in that story, the people who enter the museum are essentially unconsciously reliving that story over and over again. And that is the thing. That's why it's cyclical is that you're seeing these paintings and you're seeing that cycle play out over and over again, or at least in some regard, those paintings are going to be the key to unlocking the mystery. Yeah. That's like um, kind of like a mask of the red death sort of thing where there's an enactment in play, you know, before the great horror happens. Mm-hmm. Well, or I was, I was actually even thinking um, the, the haunting of Hill house series again, because that's, oh, was was so good like watching that kind of uh you know you, you just watch the same scene play out but with different actors yeah so i guess the implication is there are manipulations whether they be spiritual or physical or whatnot or even mental like we might have like a possession aspect to this as well where the the museum ensures that these things happen over and over again and maybe that's what calls it to certain places because it can sense that, Oh, the actors are all together. Now we can finally have the scene play out again and again and again, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it finds those people who are in similar situations. Okay. Raise those questions of like, Oh, maybe it goes to locations where there are great artists and it uses them because they're more powerful. Mm, Or, or maybe even like, maybe even it's cyclical because it tells different stories based on paintings, you know, like, Oh, well mm-hmm. in, in today's featured spooktacular, we have man murders, murders wife because of whatever, you know? And so it finds victims and finds people based on the, the art that's inside of it. Oh, so like there's like certain number of stories that are fundamental in the museum and it goes and finds out those, of th- those types sort of stories that are happening in the world and then replays them. I think that's, I think that's my guess. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you could even have like the main villain be like the curator or something like that. Yeah. Right. Where, the, or, or, or even like, maybe that's just an NPC who just like, actually let's, let's not make him a villain. Let's just make him a character who is forced to watch as the same horrible things happen over and over again. He's trapped spiritually in that role. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe that that person too, like the original cause or problem that sits at the site, the the, the source of the horror, like he probably had something to do with it. Maybe he is the source of the horror and it's no longer fun for him. And it actually hasn't been fun for him for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of stuck in this loop now. And he's like, oh, I, I regret everything that I did. Or maybe it's his punishment. You know, like we, we could go in many ways with it, really. I mean, I like what you said about um, kind of uh, what would you call it? Like fundamental. They're not tropes, but kind of like I don't want to say monomyth either, but it's sort of like, you know, like you said, man kills wife in a fit of passion or like, I don't know, someone uh, murders someone else out of jealousy or there's like certain kind of acts of horror that are universal that we recognize. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like, is there one that governs him and that's, he's been collecting these fundamental acts of horror, you know, in his gallery. Mm-hmm. So it's like a gallery of, of universal horrors. So Rob, when you brought up punishment, uh, just a few minutes ago, I started thinking about the Isabella Stewart Gardner museum and how that had, paintings literally cut out of their frames and rolled up and taken 
So I'm wondering if the the curator figure that you were talking about is like an art thief who Ooh. had tried to take stuff who knows how long ago, but something about the museum just like trapped him there. Yeah. Um, Instead of a thief, yeah. can we also, oh, actually in, in, in addition to that, can mm. we also make him a forger as well? Ooh, oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I like so, that. so it's now, now it makes sense because he's, he's basically forced to pay. Actually, that's what he's doing. He's painting the same painting over and over again, but with different people each time. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. And to go back to the fact that uh, one of the tenants that I had that, uh, oh, I, actually, I'm not sure if I expanded upon it, but I wanted it that uh, they absorb the spirits of the people that they take and like mingle in with themselves. What if all the spirits in this museum? weren't necessarily nefarious or mm -hmm. together they weren't nefarious, but this con artist or forgerist, I'm not sure if that's a word. Forger. Forger. Uh, kind of angered them in a way. And that's where the malicious intent started. And it just snowballed into this kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. He's like a yeah. traitor necromancer. He's like someone who betrayed the faith of the funeral rites as well as being a thief. Mm. I'm liking all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and my final tenet, by the way, is actually very simple uh, because I just love the idea, but I wanted to play with the idea of impossible space within the museum mm -hmm. itself. And I think that considering where we're going, I'm now guessing, because again, didn't expect museum, but now that we are, we can now start fucking around with the painted worlds. So you can go into paintings themselves oh, yeah, it seems, cool. and, and mm -hmm. maybe even relive the scenes that way mm -hmm. in some way. I just want to say that I really liked what dreams would come and i don't know if everyone has seen that but what dreams may come is excellent yeah, yeah. that is that's yeah. a great a robin great williams movie absolutely I, I love the idea of like a multi it's like in in at least in physics it's like called a multiply connected space you know where it has more dimensions in the interior than the exterior and so that would be really cool because then that means that the the horror of traveling through a museum where you don't know the extent of its size like is adds to the whole thing Absolutely. And, and that actually sounds really fun too. Like the idea that you get lost in a museum and normally that's not a problem, but mm -hmm. when it's a murder museum, it starts <laughs> to become a problem. <laughs> Talking about it, like jumping from place to place, does it always look the same on the outside or does it, does it like take over some other building temporarily? Like it could just be like a shack in the woods and then you open the door and there's this huge place to explore. I was thinking that because we're messing around with impossible space now, that it always is going to look like an art gallery of some kind on the outside. And then once you go in, or or, or, or would that be the case? Like, is it always an art gallery or is it always something else? Or, or, or can it be something else? I what suppose? is its goal? Like, it, does it want people to get into it or does it care? I mean, you can get into me. It's fine. You don't have to. I mean. <laughs> Well, because like this, this necromancer slash forging art thief, like, is he still was was he at the time collecting, you know, more stories or more art, in which case he'd want them to find their way in here accidentally. And if they if they didn't, then you would make sense to disguise it as something else, because then you might just go in there and accidentally. But if you want someone to go in there, you probably want it to look like something valuable. I like the idea that there that it always looks like some kind of uh, an art gallery or museum space. Yeah, that's what and I think. And so, so 
And so that way it, when it's hunting people, it knows the people who are like ready to go in it, or maybe it's drawn to them and maybe the people are drawn to it, you know? So at that moment, they're ready to go inside and they're ready to be dragged along and they're ready to enable this, uh, this, uh, painting, this scene to play out over and over again. Like I imagine there's myths about it, like that people want to go find it. Oh, is actually, is that actually the whole, oh, hold on. How well known is this thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I imagine that be, the nature of it would suggest that it's very secretive because mm-hmm. how does anyone escape from it? It could be, I mean, it could be known by certain, in a cryptic sense, you know, like if you, if you are that deep into the art world or that culture, you've heard of this thing. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's more like a, a fabled or a rumored type of, and actually that would be really fun if that were in fact one of the scenes that play out, right? Like the adventurer who's there to put a stop to it and then is inevitably betrayed and, you know, destroyed by their own hubris and greed Mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. I like the idea of it just being a rumored kind of legend. So nobody Mm -hmm. ever has proof of it because it always just consumes whoever goes into it. But I mean, certainly things have kind of spread around, but over time it's probably, become one of those oh yeah okay sure the haunted museum whatever you say mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i like it more as a fabled thing more than anything else for yeah. sure i mean people yeah. still go missing and people can theorize why they went missing so they could still have rumors and everything but i do like the cryptid kind of sense of it just like this is the ghost bigfoot we know yeah. ghosts exist but there are still like hey did you hear about the museum that just fucking eats people Exactly. Alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, we can have scenes within the paintings that are, hey, they escape and they survive, but they're driven mad by the experience. And they can't and tell then, about it in a meaningful and, way. And, and maybe they, maybe you know about this from, oh, I don't know, just like people who fucking kill themselves after they escape because mm-hmm. they can't handle what happened. You know. Ooh. Another thing that you could do is have it that maybe uh, during certain times and everything, it's not really uh, killing people. It's just trying to draw people in in order to like cultivate a uh, a, a narrative. No, no. Uh, like it wants to find someone that is worthy of being its victim or mm. uh so it kind of lets out the tendrils or of like a siren's call of trying to get people to visit it oh yeah. okay yeah. so 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 this thing is actually a museum and maybe it sits there for a couple of weeks and it's like it operates and is a regular ass museum until the right players enter and right. then it suddenly switches and then the the funny thing or the maybe the eerie thing is that once that scene plays out and that museum is gone, no one remembers the museum. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, yeah. It's ingenious, and at the end of the day, oh, one other thing to play upon the. Uh, oh, go go on, Daniel. Would you say, Daniel? I was gonna say it seems like it feeds like feeds on genius at the end of the day. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Once again, to play with the fact of to not have to wait for everyone to that it wants to show up at the same time. You could torture people with just the act of the impossible space of 
one guy goes in and he's like, all right, this is a good victim. So I'm going to earmark this and have them just wander around forever. I'm not even going to spook them. I'm just going to have them wander my halls and they're not going to be able to get out until I have like the four or five people that I want to fuck with. And imagine them meeting up at just like, how long have you been here? I have no idea. Oh man. That's like the cube yeah. almost. Have you seen that movie? That's pretty yeah. good. Do you mean cube hypercube? Yeah, hypercube. Yeah. Yes, thank you too. <laughs> All right. I think that we have such a solid foundation that we now get to create our anchor. And this is actually a new thing that we're doing here. We're we're actually doing a world building gym using the same tables that we normally have. And then we're going to create something within the universe. And then we're going to use that as an anchor for next episode. With that being said, we're now going to roll some dice. And the subject, we already kind of have a subject, but we're going to add an additional one to see if we can go ahead and make it a little bit more difficult to kind of fuck with. All right. So our subject is a monster. The theme is metamorphosis. So we have a monster with metamorphosis, which is going to be the anchor for our current setting as of next time. Courtney, you're our special guest. Start us off. All right. So right immediately I thought of somebody who did go in there and survive, but is trapped in there permanently. And because they've been in there for such a long time and they've witnessed such terrible things, they've just like completely lost their mind and have over time turned into some like monstrous creature. I'm not sure if it would be like an art related thing or if they've just mutated in a certain way. Um, but basically they've been driven mad and are whenever new people come in, it almost tries to hunt them down to find out a way to leave. But of course it can't. It's Courtney, just stuck there. Yep. Courtney, I have I have the idea. It's an art critic. <laughs> <laughs> over over dozens if not hundreds uh, of cycles of the same paintings being done over and over again it's become an art critic oh, it didn't that's even awesome. start out as one nope <laughs> didn't even start out as one that's where the metamorphosis that's where and and my guess right where the monstrous aspect kind of comes in is that this thing has like essentially it it, it survives off of the psychic energy and trauma that happens whenever these events go on. And so it's, it's kind of like a counterpart to the curator in some way, right? Where the curator is tormented and trapped there. The critic is also trapped, but it essentially needs these things to happen. So it will also facilitate uh, the will of the museum. I, you can also you can also characterize that like, as it more simply um it might be trying to warn others who get trapped in there and inadvertently ends up killing them <laughs> you know? i for some reason i'm just picturing a psychopath stabbing someone to death and then just saying the word derivative <laughs> <laughs> yeah so basically it's me it's me if i'm trapped in this this, this horror house. that's what's happening <laughs> well no I, I i don't think that you're as psychopathic as all of that but if but i was I, stuck there that long i might do that <laughs> 12 minutes stuck in a museum Dang. <laughs> like, i can't handle it anymore i'm gonna kill everyone <laughs> all right um yeah fuck that was actually super quick on that one jesus uh well well what 
What what would you suggest otherwise, Daniel? If it's not an art critic, what is it? Oh, I'm not opposed to art critic idea. I just thought what, something that might be interesting too is if the monster, because usually a monster we characterize as being evil and wanting to kill everyone, which makes sense. We want the monster to do that. But what if it like its motivations are confused? Like it's not trying to kill people. It's trying to get them out or warn them of, of the horror they're wandering into, which might make it more interesting. But then it's cutting off its food supply. Like it doesn't right. feed on the people. It feeds on like the mental anguish of them going through the scene. Ooh. So maybe there is something to be where it's like he gets them as close to that scene as possible and then mm. always tries to save them. And then yeah. maybe always fails. In yeah. Way. Yeah. Maybe like maybe he has no choice like for, for that to happen. Yeah. He succumbs to his own hunger. Like he wants yeah. to help people out, but he's just like, fuck it. You're not going to make it. Oh, you're just going to die. You're just going to die so that I can live longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he actually, maybe he acts the part of the critic a bit more where he looks at and he's like, is that going to be a good scene? And he decides who he wants to save and who he wants to condemn and like kind of a weird fucked up critique of this. You know what house or you know what museum? I don't think this particular set of players is right for this scene. And so he'll try and save them or Maybe he's like, oh, no, this is the perfect example. I'm going to make sure it happens as it needs to. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. You just made me. Oh, I realized you would be perfect for this. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's so fucked up. And oh, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, when you said monster, I actually just thought it would be a sculpture, but I'm, I'm liking this more. I, I think it's more fun. And I think the, the metamorphosis aspect, Courtney, is really fun in that way. So that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. It goes back to the solve trying to solve a cyclical problem too. Like if if it's critical of the museum, it's trying to almost like undo the meaning of its art, you know, through mm-hmm. the criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if there would be like a an almost fight between it and the museum. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's like so picky about its victims, and the museum itself is like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, I just want to have this completed." So there could be some sort of interplay there. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it's an art critic now, it's it's like, it's such a dumb, great idea that I'm just like smiling. Oh my God. Because it I, totally I, makes sense. You could right? also like, if you're looking for like a physical metaphor of like the critic, um, you know, and, and the art, you could also think of a, as like the gardener in the garden. If maybe the interior of this place is like heavily vegetated as well. You know, like, so like all the paintings and the art is like covered by all these vines and stuff to keep growing. But the critic is a gardener to that. So he's like trimming and cleaning, keeping it clean at the same time mm-hmm. and cutting yeah. away stuff. So this is metaphorical, right? Because yeah. I thought we were talking about the idea this is pristine, right? Like the museum is pristine. That's the deal. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just thinking like just, just like a fun kind of like, um, like a artistic detail. Like maybe it has this underlying garden that's out of control, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Maybe that's one of the paintings. That's true. So it sounds to me like we have a really cool foundation for a scenario. So why don't we take this time to throw in the twist and fuck it all up? The twist is when a gift becomes a curse. And you'll just have to find out what we mean by that on next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Courtney, thank you so much for being our special guest and introducing such a fun idea and especially thematically appropriate and yeah absolutely i'm excited to uh continue next week
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you'll be joining us for the conclusion of this uh, haunted museum type deal, I guess. But that'll be as of next week. Remember that if you want to send in your own idea, you can send it to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And if you wanted to get to the front of the line, you can go ahead and do so by submitting it to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com, but also being one of our patrons, because that's one of the perks of being one of our patrons. You get VIP access to our brains and you get first come first serve basis. Uh, And also if you want to join us on Twitter or our discord, all that's going to be in the links, but come hang out with us, have fun. That's what it's all about. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to make it through next week together.